What's going on, everybody? We are doing a new series. It's kind of a runoff of screenshots, but it's a little bit different. We're going to have Johnny pick some of his favorite movies, and we're going to actually go in-depth on the movie. So that means there's no uh, danger words. There's no shots that we're going to take. There's no drinking. We're going to go in-depth with the actual movies. It can be movies from 100 years ago, 10 years ago. It could be... It could have came out a year ago. Who knows? But we're couldn't gonna, have even came out yet. It might have not even came out yet from the future. We're going to go over Johnny's favorite movie. It's going to be called Johnny's Picks or Johnny's... Or Johnny's we, Gems, Classics, Favorites, we haven't Choice picked, Cuts, Preferables, something. We haven't picked an actual title for it yet. So it's a subgenre of screenshots, but here, right, is going to be... I'm going to put it in post, whatever the name we come up with. But that's it. We're going to go over the movies. So if you're into movies, if you want to get into movies, you want to figure out more what you're into... Then this is the one for you. Network. We're talking 1976, about 1976, and Mark's way better at doing intros than I am. Yeah. My name is Mark Trubino. This is Johnny Cruz, and oh, welcome yeah, to Johnny's something. Or yeah, or something's Johnny. Something's Johnny. Let's go. So Network was released in 1976. It was directed by Sidney Lumet and written by Patty Chayefsky. Starring Faye Dunaway, William Holden, Peter Finch, and uh, Robert Duvall, and, and a couple of other fellas. And uh, it uh, it was nominated. It won four Oscars. It was nominated for ten. Uh, it came out. Uh, it was the same Best Picture uh, group as uh, Taxi Driver, Bound for Glory, Rocky, Network, and then some other movie I forget. But oh, no, that's going to annoy me. But <laughs> uh, but. Uh, it won three act three acting Oscars and uh, best uh, screenplay. What year is this? 78? 76. 76. I only said, said that, that right? like 70 times. Yeah, I don't give a shit. 76 times. <laughs> but, um, Mark, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but what did you think seeing it for the first time? Yeah, so because we wanted to do this as the first... We wanted to do this as the first uh, Johnny's pick or whatever because... A while ago, he mentioned the movie, and it sounded really cool. And I was like, oh, I know that movie, because there's a lot of famous quotes in it, a lot of famous lines. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to see that. Um, so I had high hopes going into it, and I, was, and I was really excited to watch it. So I watched it the first time, like, four or five days ago. And based on what I thought it was, because of, like, this, the, the famous lines and the famous speeches, it is not what I thought it was going to be. And... It was it was cool. It was interesting, but I feel like because it, it, its portrayal of the media is very good, the way media works. But because right now we're we're in like a re, like current present day, we're in a huge like, oh, the media is evil. The media is this, and like everything's crazy. It's kind of like it was underwhelming. So I'm living that reality right now more than they did in the '70s. So it was like I thought it was gonna be something else, and it was a little underwhelming on its actual content but if i put myself in the shoes of someone in the 70s content's beautiful and even the philosophical things it points out is awesome right understand what i'm saying yeah okay um that's what i thought so um so yeah the, the thing i i don't disagree but the feeling that you have like oh this is what we're living through right now or something like that yeah that movie predicted this 50 years ago and that's why also i wanted to do this movie first because you were saying stuff like that and i wanted you to explain that to me yeah. what do you mean well, we'll we'll get into that one. Okay, the okay. Actual, but uh, the, so uh, this so th this is like a very it's a very strange kind of sat. It's such a subtle satire at some points. Like there's it's a comedy. It's a sat. It says drama on IMDb, but it's basically a satire. But it's it's probably like one of the most subtle 
satires yeah, I've seen. I didn't get that at the all. Only, the only like comedy is like these very, like the way they characters talk, like uh, with Hackett at the end, right? The, the, as the movie goes forward, they start using like bigger and more like obscure words. So like at the end, he's like, are you sure, you know, Mr. Jensen uh, said uh, his position is inflexible and he says intractable and adamantine. Like they're just saying like yeah, these crazy yeah. words at the end. And or like there's like you know so there's comedy in that or like when uh, Howard on the fir- on when he's first on TV goes uh, I'm gonna blow my brains out next Tuesday and nobody's like listening and they're all like yeah, what yeah, yeah. she goes uh, he go- the guy goes what the hell is that and she goes Howard just said he was gonna blow his brains <laughs> out next Tuesday what do you mean Howard just said he was gonna blow his brains out next Tuesday they have like there's like three scenes where they keep repeating the lines like that but a lot of the comedy is more like it's subtle in the sense that it's like very like it's situational. So there's no jokes, but like you, there's one scene where like you have the leader of the communist party talking about like don't cut in on my distribution costs or something like that, like arguing about like the super yeah yeah. You know the the whole thing where the the communism thing plays in didn't think that was gonna be part of the movie at all, but I really liked how whenever that woman would talk about the communism and stuff, like every argument she had was like so baseless, and I'm like this is like ridiculous. Like some of the things that some of the what are you, you dirty Republican? What are you talking about? A lot of because no, like they had yeah, no argument for kidding. anything in that movie. Well, it's kind of you know, I think, uh, um, what do you call it? I don't think the arguments like people try sometimes. Where am I going? So I what's what? Give us like the timeline. Like what like what's it actually about? Oh, we forgot to do that. Didn't go we? ahead, do it now. So basically, it's about. Uh, it's the the logline is a television network cynically as exploits a deranged former anchor's ravings and revelations about the news media for its own profit, but finds that his message may be difficult to control. Um, so basically, um, this new the UBS, this news corporation, is like the shittiest corporation out of all the corporations when it comes to broadcasting. And uh, uh, one day, you know, Howard Beale just goes on the air and says, "I'm going to blow my brains out." And they actually find that him saying that actually created a bump in ratings, so they decide to ride that wave, and uh, it, it becomes very profitable and stuff. Um, and then uh, he ends up uh, he ends up being not financially optimal any, anymore, and they have to figure out how to get rid of him. Um, yeah, it's like, that's literally it's the, it's the media, the yeah. movie. Because I watched the the you know the clips for this movie. I've heard people talk about this movie, and my th- thinking was, oh man, this. Because if you go online and you look up network speech, it's like cool. Like one of the coolest speeches, like in in like movies. It's like life sucks, and I don't know what to do about it. But neither do you. But we, you got to get mad. Like it's right. like it's this the, is the peak of that time in Hollywood where like in nineteen in nineteen seventy six, if you just went on screen and started yelling at people. You get they're like, oh, you get the Oscar because yeah. you got one scene when you were shouting. So, like this whole movie is just people shouting at each other the whole time. It's so good, dude. Robert, how good was Robert Duvall as Hackett? The yeah, whole time, yeah. he's just screaming the whole time. Well, it's a big fat titted hit. So, so I, because I watch, I watch those those clips, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a huge, like. This is going to be like a 1984 esque or uh, V for Vendetta esque or fucking kind of the world ending and we're all trapped and we don't know what to do about a kind of movie. And it wasn't at all. Like it wasn't. Right. That's what I was expecting based on what made it popular. What made it popular was those speeches because that's everyone's favorite part. And that made me think that's what the movie was going to be about, but it's not. It's about how, you know, networks are corrupt and they just, 
we just want to make money. We don't care what's true. We don't care what's false. We want to make money. And even when and and when we're wrong, we're not going to admit it. We're just going to switch the narrative. Like that's what it's about, which is true. I get it. Not what I thought it was going to be about. And that's why I was disappointed. But I was disappointed for inappropriate reasons. Like that's not a good reason to be disappointed. You know? How? What did you feel about like the meta? It was I, like when he's like, "Oh, this is the scene. This is the obligatory scene in the middle of the second act." That we yeah, did. yeah. How'd you feel about that? Because at the time, like maybe it was like the first time somebody like pointed that out in a movie. I I watched. Well, it was probably it was probably like good when I noticed know. it, and it didn't phase me. I didn't think of mm-hmm. anything of it. I I knew what it was doing, but I guess because I I see it more often now than maybe I would have back then. Right. Um. I gotta like fix that for you, but I um wasn't phased by. It. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a." Look at right. them. They look. They did it. They did the thing. You I know? never know how I feel. How I feel about those. Doesn't bother me. I'm like, is that? Well, how did you like? Did you? I because I, I don't like it. Do you like uh, when his wife just goes on this big speech? She's like, "You build a family, and and you know, I'm trusting you. I'm your wife." Uh, you know, you know. This, and then she gets. She got an Oscar for that scene. It's <laughs> did she really? She's in two scenes, and that's she got an Oscar. I think this movie is full of subplots, mm-hmm. and that's all. It's kind of like the the fucking Shadow Towns based off. What's it called? Um. What shadow, shortcuts. Short, it's kind of like shortcuts where it's like it's full of subplots. Like the entire right. thing is subplots. And even the main plot, the main thing you watch. Well, there's, the movie, basically, there's basically four protagonists. Yeah. And it's like, so I I didn't understand the Like I know the message of like, so what we're talking about, there's this, the, one of the characters, he uh, falls in love with a younger character that he works around. And he starts, you know, dating her and going out with her and sleeping. You can with. say the names because we're doing spoilers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know names. Oh, I'm so bad at the names. You, you, we watching. You come up. Oh, how do you think about Henry and well, there's, Steve? And there's I'm like Max Schumacher. I think and, Schumacher and what, what's her and name? And then um, uh, Diana Christensen. So, so Diana and Schumacher, uh, they were sleeping together, and Schumacher's wife was like, "How dare you?" And stuff like we have a family. We built a life, and I. Totally agree with everything she's saying, but like I'm like, why am I watching this? This is right. what is this? But I still like the message because at the end of the movie, Schumacher's like, you you are so engulfed talking to Diana. You are so engulfed and so obsessed with this new age, which to us it would be like social media, and to us it would be it'd be YouTube, it'd be TikTok. But for them, it was news media. They were like, you're you're so engulfed. You've been born and only known this technology, and it's made you bitter. It's made you cold, and it made you. It's making you less human than me, and I cannot live this way. I think that's cool, but I don't know. I I feel like and part of that does come across as like some parts of the, when they're complaining about like the TV comes across as like. You know, like, oh, back in my day, we had books, like not you know screen, like it's, yeah. it does sound like a little bit of. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Aged? Not yeah, like like well, not aged, but like when you know what was it? Like oh, people, we never locked our doors back then. The the, the good was oh, better yeah. when I was younger. Yeah, it's like yeah. okay, like I get it, but there is a a, a change. Like there is a change in the, that argument, right? People, there is a change that is bad that's happening in the way that network the. And that network depicts where like, oh, everything's profit incentivized by profit and things are just going to get ridiculous and ridiculous and things get more ridiculous as the movie goes on. It's extrapolated, yeah. Yeah, so, but but that kind of thing of like, you know, back in my day, we complained, we did this and it was good. And, but then what they're complaining about is proven to be like a change that's actually not true. 
Like, there's less crime now, but people would be like, oh, there's no, there was no crime back. It's just because you didn't hear about it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's one of the things, that's one of the, I think, the negatives of media, and we see it in this movie, is that if you, if you were alive 50 years ago, you, you, you'd think and feel like the world is a better place. And it's only because you weren't hearing about all the atrocities. The reason why the world seems like a really bad place right now is because we have access to all the atrocities. Like, what are the memes right now? People are saying, like, World War Three is going to happen, and it's going to be live-streamed on TikTok. Like, that's just what it is. That's what we're right. going to see. And I would say, though, that be- even if at the beginning of this era in media, when everything was on news and stuff, even, even with that, I think everyone seeing negatives so often, I think, creates more negatives. So even though you can say... The, the crime rate and in, in stuff was the same in the 50s as it is in, like, the 90s or something, or even less in the 90s. I think after long enough, the media m- gets people ride, riled up and gets people in a negative well, state. Well, that's all. That, yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, I just like the way... I, I like the way the, it showed the media, but I think your argument saying that, like, mm, things, we, we think they're worse, but they're not really worse. We just see more of it. I can accept that. But I do think after long enough exposure to negative media, things actually do get worse. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, culturally, at least. Yeah, well, I think because, okay, whether it's like protests, riots, or like if you see like all, like anything with, with COVID, anything with like politics, like if you see enough of the negatives, people will become more inclined to be negative with it. Like that, that mob mentality thing. Even though you're like in a room with three people, the TV is part of the mob. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And I think that just creates more negatives and pe- people are more likely to act out on their aggressive feelings. Right. You know? And so that's also the reason why Network, they were like, and I, what I think is like, oh, so what, uh, he wants to end his life and stuff and and this got us huge hits because that's negative. People eat it up. They're like, that's not normal. That's not part of the plan. I want to watch. I want to know if it happens. And if it happens, holy shit, I feel the same way. Like, people are very easily manipulated, and that's a moneymaker. Right. So I think it does a good job. Um, but underwhelming, because I feel like I'm living it worse than that movie portrays it. If I, You're living it worse than the movie portrays I think, it? I think our country right now is living... Ne- is living through negative media worse than that movie portrays negative media? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean me as an individual. I don't really know how that would make sense anyway. I meant like we, like when it comes to all like corporate media, um, they have more of an eff- a negative effect on us. I think now than how that movie portrays it because that movie just portrays just e- TV. Yeah, and people yeah, and people that's true. and they and then they're saying we want to make money. That's that's the thing. They never really went into the negative effects on people on outside of the industry. They only focus on the people on the inside of the industry. Like um Diana, like like her, her negative effects was she's cold-hearted and can't be a human because she's obsessed with her work. Um the negative effects of Schumacher's he lost his wife. The negative effects of what's the main character? Holy shit. Max Schumacher. Ma- oh wait, no. Okay. Howard Beale. Howard Beale is he fucking died. Like the, they only show the negative effects of the people in the industry, not on the outside of the industry, and that's why it was a little bit of a disconnect. But I mm. could I could see it though. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So what would you where would you rate it out of ten? Well, that's a that's hard. That's definitely hard. Um, because I I don't watch a lot of uh, older movies, you know. I uh, and I don't have a lot to compare this to. 
and going into remember, I was let down because I thought it was going to be one way, not the other. So, oh man, for what it's supposed to, for the story it's supposed to, for the story it's supposed to tell, I give it an eight. For my enjoyment, I give it a six. So a seven. Sure, we can, we can, we can, we can. Also, I gave it the exact same score. I gave it a seven when I first watched it too. Okay, I was like, yeah, it's good, I guess. And then I watched it again. I went, wait a minute here. Yeah, I think I think it's like it's one of those things that benefits from a bunch of rewatches. And so you said you wrote a paper on it. Yeah, I had to write an essay for for it on um for for school, where we had to write. It was a film class, so I wrote an essay basically, uh, how uh, it's called uh, 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 wait. Oh, I thought I titled it. No, <laughs> it's just called Network. Is the the title? Oh, the good job. But uh, <laughs> but it talks about uh um just a lot about the movie when it came out and stuff. So I can go through like each par. I can I'll just go through the paragraphs and stuff. And you can comment on okay, yeah, go ahead, you want go ahead. So, um, uh, so I'll, I'll just say, I just I start off. I say uh, uh, out of every single movie uh, made so far, the, I think the one that's most relevant. And I also I wrote this like the beginning. It was, around, it was around the election in 2020. Um, but I said, there's not a movie more relevant uh, than Patty Chayefsky's Network. Um, it's a satire about the lengths those in, televisions will, uh, those in television will go in order to salvage ratings. And after 50 years, the movie uh, has proven to be prophetic. Uh, it predicted many things, but I'll focus on one in particular that I found absolutely crazy. You said, because <clears throat> I know in the past you, you've compared uh, Beale to Donald Trump. You go into that? I was getting to that. Okay, go ahead. You just spoiled it for everybody, for Mark. everybody. Go ahead. This is a disaster. You've <laughs> ruined it. Um, I said, unsurprisingly, Network had, uh, was not well-received when it came out by those in television. Initially, Walter Cronkite, whose da- her daughter actually, uh, his daughter actually appears in the movie. She's the, the girl um, that uh, yells at Doreen Hobbs when she's, uh, they're arguing about like all the costs, like the di- distribution cost. She calls yeah. them all fashion and stuff. That's uh, Walter Cronkite's daughter. Um, but he, originally, Walter Cronkite uh, expressed a positive reaction to the movie on like uh, like his peers and the bosses in the in the, in the industry. Um, but in a book uh, written by uh, Dave Itzkoff about the making of Network, it's called Mad as Hell, uh, he details that Paul Friedman, the producer of NBC's Today Show, said Network was heavy-handed and outrageous because it presented a distorted picture uh, of people who work in television. It's so unfair uh Friedman said of the film it's simply not true um and it, i mean i guess one of the criticisms is that it is heavy handed but i don't know if t- would you say would you say heavy hand like is there is there uh ways that heavy handed can be like a good thing or a bad thing because mm. if the point if a lot of it is the point a lot of the point is that's supposed to be heavy-handed. i think it could be both good and bad. Yeah, I feel like there's good and bad. Yeah, to there, it there could movie. be a, it could be a positive heavy-handedness. Mm. I think because like if if I want heavy like if if I feel like you're being an asshole, I could say you're being heavy-handed. Or if I'm set, or if you write like let's say an essay about like some I don't know fucking philosophy shit, I'm like this is heavy-handed. This is what we need. Like people right. need to know this. So, yeah, yeah. Both. and there's a lot of times like a lot of with a satire, especially like a like a political satire, you can get the sense that like oh this is just the writer saying what he believes. Yeah. But that's, I think that's true. Like, it does feel like the, what the writer believes at some point. But it also, when you say, oh, it just feels like the, what the writer believes, that means that it doesn't feel like what the characters believe. But I think all the characters in this movie believe what they're saying. I buy that the characters think this way more than the, like, before the writer when I'm watching the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I think the best <clears throat> movies that comment on politics, like, because, and I brought it up before, the uh, the most recent, like, political movie that came out, the Don't Look Up. Yeah. It could, no, every single character can be seen as either on the right or the left. Like, so I think that's a good way to put it. So, like, I think the best political movies, they have characters that aren't just one agenda. Like, they all have different, and they... They're nuanced. Yeah, is that that's the right, right word for it? Um... But how was this? Do you know how this was received when it was when it came out? Like to I mean, the it was public, no, it was nominated for. Well, it made it. I mean, so at the time, right? It made um, it made twenty three million domestically. Is that, is that a lot for the time? Well, at the time, that's like one hundred eighteen. Oh, okay, so that's great. So that's so that was pretty good, especially for a drama. You don't see dramas like that making one hundred million domestically anymore, especially yeah. now. But well, it was that. It was the speeches. Can we can we right. say the speeches? Oh, I love, dude. All I just. This movie is just, it's so good because this whole movie is just people going around and just yelling at each other and making these big speeches. It's so can great. You please say, can you please uh, uh, perform the speech for us? I'll do that later. Okay, do it later. I'll just get back to the thing really, really quick. But um, others in broadcasting, this is, after, uh, you know, talking about the guy who said, you know, this is a heavy-handed picture of the industry. Um, others in broadcasting from anchors uh, to the presidents of the network said similar things during net- network's release. Um it's cough goes on. Walter Cronkite now changed his tune. He dismissed Network as a fant- fantasy burlesque and said he didn't find any great significance in it. A fantasy burlesque, a- and that was after everybody else in his industry was saying, "Oh, it was so bad." So, so some, I mean, some of the first people were like the press and the industry people who saw the movie and were like, "This is bad." So, like that that yeah. reception was, but I think overall audience reception was probably really good. So he was like bandwagoning on that, though. You yeah, think? basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but in response, Chayefsky stated that the movie was only representative of where he saw television going, which is why I I see this movie as a prediction, not like an actual interpretation. Oh, okay. Um, a, a 50, a 50 years in the making, basically. That changed the whole thing. Right, and I say, and obviously, you know, history went to went on to prove uh, Chayefsky's vision, vision true, and the knee-jerk criticisms of those uh, in broadcasting were rendered, rendered false. Um, despite this... Uh, uh, some still had problems with the movie. Film historian and critic Richard Schickel uh, wrote, and who I wrote, he he's uh, had a couple books. He has one uh, with him talking to Martin Scorsese that's really good. So I'm not, I don't like this. I like his this guy's work or what he has to say about movies. I just disagree with him on this point. He wrote in 2012 uh, of his review of Network. He said the plot that Patty Chavsky concocted to prove his point is so crazily preposterous that even in a post Watergate America, uh, where where we know that bat, uh, bats can get loose in the corridors of power, it is just impossible to accept. Um, uh, uh, like the the plot, the, he he had a problem with the plotting and said it's too outrageous. This would never happen. It's you can't accept this. Um, but that was in 2012, before 2016, where Donald Trump ran for president, and by basically the same mechanism that slingshotted Howard Beale into being like this full fledged messiah in the movie. Yeah. He, you know what he else reminds me of? What? Alex Jones. Howard Beale? Yeah. Are you comparing Alex Jones to Howard Beale? I think Howard Beale's a little bit I mean, more they, crazy. But Alex Jones would have been a perfect fit for this movie. I'm perfect. I think... We're going to get you, asshole. Imagine him... Oh, my God. Imagine him and Robert Duvall in the same scene, the same scene together. <laughs> like, come on. Like, it's a big, fat, titted hit! Like, like... The, the elites want you to believe that. You can't take the birds home. Like, this... <laughs> like... <laughs> Like the the it's Alex Jones I think I think it's like I could say I could understand your um comparison to to Beale's like come up to Donald Trump's come up I get right. that, but the character is Alex Jones. 
That is an Alex Jones character. I don't, well, I don't know if he's Alex because Alex he starts off at the, Howard th- Beale starts off as a. Uh, I think Beale's crazier than Alex Jones, to be honest. I think no, he's actually crazy in the movie. Yeah, which which also because in the movie how he's like, he like convinced himself he's hearing voices. He's hearing the voice of God. I'm like, that's a weird thing to add well, in I th- there. Well, I think it's like because. He's talking about how how things are getting so crazy. He, I think, basically, what it was is he was embodying the craziness that everybody else was feeling but couldn't articulate. No, because if he's supposed to be like you know Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man. He's support in some sense. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to represent like the, um, I guess you know the the, the social subconscious or conscious of like you know of, of everybody of the population. I think Howard Beale going crazy was a manifestation of everybody else suppressed everybody else suppressed feelings about like the the, the economy the economy the depression the inflation things are crazy. I think that was what it was. And like, like because he he's in this bedroom and he and he literally talks to God. Yeah. Well, no, he said he's not. No, he said he's not God. Or he talks he to goes, something. He goes, well, I'm not Moses. What is this, a burning bush? I'm not Moses. And the voice said, well, I'm not God. What has that got to do with it? Yeah, but remember, there's a scene where there is no audience. It's just him in his bed alone, and he's, like, talking to God like this. So we Yeah, kn- but that, it's not God. In that scene— well, no, I know it's not God, okay. but, like, I'm uh, omnipotence, you know, sorry, like, like anything. He's talking to he's something. He's talking to a voice. Yeah, which is, like, I, like, with the going back to the—it's, like, a whole bunch of subplots, I feel like— it, it's it's suffering from the same thing Spider-Man 3 suffered from, from Tobey Maguire. There's like too much going on. I feel like if they just focused on Beale, I think that'd be way cooler. Well, th- this movie's like, to make this movie, you kind of have to accept flaws in the narrative. Like, the fact that, I mean, I don't really mind it at this point because I've seen it so many times that I don't care, like, that it, there's, I'm like, who's, I think it does have a flow, but it doesn't, it doesn't hinge on one character, which I don't think a movie needs to. But I get that criticism where it's kind of, unconventional in the way it's told. But I think it's like, Paddy Chayefsky's just so good, let's let him do whatever he wants. Like, he can tell everything the way he... I mean, and also, I think this is probably the best way he could tell the story. Hmm. If you tell it by one person, one person's perspective, I think you lose a lot. I guess I'm just, like, hung up on I thought it was going to be something else. That's true. I'm just hung up on I'm, that. You probably, watch, you probably like it a lot more in the rewatch. Yeah, maybe. Um, want me to explain why I think yeah, no, Howard Beale and yeah, Donald yeah, Trump absolutely. are very similar? absolutely. Um, by the year 2000, cable news uh, uh, cable news outlets had abandoned the audience share percentage model. In this movie, like uh, Howard Beale had a you know had a hot rating of 12 and a 14 share, like the share of the audience. Yeah. Um, that percentage model was abandoned in exchange for retaining the viewership that they already had. So basically, it, it be, instead of gaining a share, it became retention. Um, oh. So, but and by doing that, you would have to pander to your key demographics, which fragmented all the oh, which fragmented yeah. all the news new uh the news outlets and um uh here let me wait what did i say so uh, it, it sent it so okay so they had uh they retained viewership they already had by pandering to their key demographics think republicans are hitler and can you believe these damn libs type stuff like that's basically what it yeah. is um this led to incentivizing frag uh, fragmenting the the news um and, and good observation and, yeah and thanks, and and polar and polarization that tends to favor the extremes. Um, so uh, this ultimately, as Matt Taibbi perfectly described in his book "Hate Inked," have you read that? I want you so. I bad. can lend it to you if you want. It's really good. Well, I'm still f- working on that fucking, you know, what the uh, the, the the serpent. Oh, in the, the tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in his book "Hate Ink," he said, uh, uh, you know, this 
uh, system trains us to see our world not just as a binary political landscape, but also one that's permanently steeped in conflict. The and this is me. Uh, the paranoia. I, oh, I have to. I have to learn how to say end quote and unquote or end yeah, quote, yeah. You have to. Yeah. End quote. The paranoia fueled uh, boost in cable news ratings post nine eleven began to wear off uh, after the, the 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 Bush era, the Bush administration, two thousand eight. Um, the rise of the internet and the disinterest of newer generations toward watching cable news caused ratings and viewerships to steadily decline uh, for years during the Obama era. Uh, until, of course, June 16th, uh, 2015, when Mr. Donald Trump announced his candidacy, candidacy for president. And, um, and uh, uh, what do you call it? And they started, like, to see Donald Trump. Yeah. And we're like, holy shit, like, wait, we got a bump in that the other day. Oh well, my God. Put him in the center of the stage. Let's get let's start talking about him more. Get his polling up, and I'm, I'm not saying they. No, I'm I not get, saying no, they manufactured no, 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 no. it, but it's like basically. No, no, yeah. I'm not saying they, I'm not saying news corporations said, "Hey, make people vote for him." But I'm saying like they there was a there was a, a deal that a, an unspoken deal that Trump and the media had, where there's like, look, when I'm on TV. Yeah. You you benefit from that, so it's a mutual benefit. But and everyone knows it. Both the left and the right knows it. It's everybody like, knows it. It's like because as soon as Trump's out of office, everyone was like, "Fuck, what do we do now?" Yeah, uh, here I'll, I'll get to that. So uh, I'll pitch two premises, right? Okay. This the first one is for network, and then the other one is the 2016 election. Okay. Network: A struggling UPS cynically exploits a deranged former anchor's ravings and revelations about the news media for its own profit. Uh, now the 2016 election. A struggling news media industry cynically exploits a sleazy businessman's ravings and revelations about America for its own profit. So it's basically the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, the similarities between Howard Beale uh, and Donald Trump are fascinating. In network, UBS saw a bump in ratings and cash after Howard had a breakdown on air, which led to them to say, holy shit, did he just say that? Fuck it, put him on again. What do we yeah, got to lose? Yeah. Which is, the, I, I can only imagine is the exact it's same the exact... thing CNN, NBC, and Fox said whenever Trump said literally anything on TV. Yeah. Remember when he said, I can go down Main Street, shoot a guy in my, my yeah. uh, whatever wouldn't drop. Yeah. My ratings wouldn't he, drop. He said, he said he saw... Uh, what's that? The Megyn Kelly bleeding from her eyes and her vagina. <laughs> I didn't know that. The Bill Burr has a good bit when he was like, uh, and but, but, but people would see that and the ratings would go up and they're like, dude, fucking keep playing that shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Like we found something here. And like Bill Burr has that thing about like he was at, he was somewhere at like a debate and, uh, uh, and and somebody goes, hey, uh, you said something about uh, uh, this uh, women, like women did this, and then there were this. And he goes, no, 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 I said that about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> and like the crowd like fucking starts laughing. And I she goes, no, that. but seriously, you said this about women. He goes, ah, you're probably right. What do you want me to do? Like, and yeah. nobody nobody talked about it again. If he had to sit there and be like, I'm I'm deeply sorry for if I did anything. Like yeah. he didn't give a fuck. People kind of and um, only someone like that has a billion dollars can be act that way though. Two billion dollars or whatever the fuck he has. I I remember it was two billion before he was president. I don't know what it is now, um, but uh, okay. So this boom in UBS's ratings in the movie was actually mimicked fifty years later, um, in reality. And Matt and and it hate uh, Matt Taibbi's hate uh, Inc. He points out just on CNN and NBC and Fox alone, tread, Trump led a boom that saw a one hundred and sixty seven percent rise in L. There's too many fucking numbers on this paper, dude. God damn it. <laughs> Trump led a boom that saw a 167.4% increase in ad sales in 2016 compared to 2012. At the start of Network, Howard Beale was a childless widower with an 8 rating and a 12 share. And with his mad as hell induced bump rising uh, to a 4 rating, uh, a 14 rating and a 37 share, 
a rating increase of 75% and a share increase of 208%, uh, which averages out to 141 increase in ratings and audience share, which is basically comparable to Trump's, uh, 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 the, the boom that Trump led. Um, sorry, that's the last time that I put numbers in here. That was rough. I cannot fucking read numbers. Um, how, uh, <laughs> 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 Fuck, these numbers just scrambled my brain. And also, you know, that fucking guy smacking my head into the wall didn't help. Go um, ahead. Donald, so Howard Beale arcs from an alcoholic news anchor to a prophet in pace with his ratings. Donald Trump went from that guy who fires people on TV to literally Hitler in pace with his successes in the election and, yes, his ratings. Um, and be it a news anchor or a businessman slash media personality, both Donald Trump and Howard Beale knew television. That was the thing. People talked. Oh, yeah. He knew how to how to get like what was sold on TV and that definitely helped. Um, yeah. Like he had like the commercial timing and everything like, right. It was, that's what they say about, um, like you see, dude, like you see, like I saw a clip of him. It was Jeb Bush and Donald Trump on the debate stage. Yeah. And, and Donald Trump started on the sides of the debate stage. Jeb Bush was in the middle and Jeb Bush is like, and then at, at this point, Trump was pulling like way higher and shit. And Jeb Bush was at the end. And he and he goes and Jeb was like, "You're not going to bully your way to the presidency." And he goes, "What's that, uh, Jeb? I can't hear you. You're so far away. Every time we see each other, you're getting farther and farther away. As soon as uh, you know, soon you're yeah. going to be off the edge. Like totally just destroying him on yeah, stage. Yeah. And that fucking people would see that and go, "Holy shit! You know what? This guy's fucking whatever. You know, it's crazy. It's annoying. Be- also, I'm we're talking about this apolitically. I'm not. Yeah, no. That, that, this yeah. is an apolitical analysis of what happened. I don't call Trump an asshole in this or anything." I'm just saying that the, the the two situations are similar. Yeah, it's um, it's really annoying that that's that way. Like, because if, if if like anyone, if anyone, whether it be it be Trump or like anyone anyone in media, that's like knows how media works, knows how TV works, and like manipulates it, it's like they're gonna have an upper hand. But it's annoying. Okay, here's a good example. You know when like a whole bunch of guys will get really women included, will get really angry at, like, all these girls having OnlyFans and stuff. Yet, they're also... Wait, how do we start talking about No, because I want to explain it. Because they're also... The guys that complain about her are also the ones that feed into it. They're the ones that are the, are the reason why OnlyFans exist. Like, the porn industry is the re- is fed by the men who Exclusively hate it. Exclusively men. You know what I'm saying. The majority yeah. of men. Like, because men will complain about it, about, like, all oh, these, these women are all hoes and stuff. Yet, it's majority men who pay into that stuff. So what I'm trying to say is everyone hates the media for doing what they're doing and for TV guys acting like TV guys and getting really good ratings and, and giving bullshit stuff. Um, everyone hates it, but they're feeding the beast. Right. You know? So that's like the thing. Everyone's upset or angry about how a thing works, but it works that way because we're humans and we feed into it. Right. So when they get the big ratings because Howard Beale is like, I'm going to shoot myself or I'm crazy. And everyone in the network is like, we can't do this. Like, what do you mean we can't do this? Everyone loves it. And everyone loves it because they all hate right. it. And, and you like, see the institutions that are supposed to keep them in check, like the government institute, like like the FBI or yeah. um, or the, the uh, whoever it was. They look Hackett. FCC, there's, no, the the Hackett just tells them. They, uh, oh, what was it? No, because they had the footage from the the Liberation Army of the bank robbery. Yeah. So the news was exploiting that crime yeah. basically, and and Hackett just t- said, 
fuck off. He just told him to fuck off. So there's basically nothing that the, the institutions can do to stop him. And this movie shows shows that basically the the corporate it's not the government that's at the mercy. Uh, it's not it's not the corporations that are at the mercy of the government. It's the government the, that's the mercy of the of the corporations. Yeah, it's the comfort. It's the which is totally yeah, the government totally has to answer true. the corporations. Which is totally in China is the opposite. Like America and China, both of our economies, uh, both of our government, our government and corporations are are have strong ties ties to an, uh, one another. Yeah, we both China, need China, each other. arguably more, but um, but chi- in China, the government controls the corporations, and in America, the corporations control the government. And, and there's there's benefits and, and negatives to uh, both, but and then it gets into the whole thing. It's like, well, yeah. what's better? Is it like, do you want? the media that have this much power to put a man that's clearly crazy on air. Because that was an argument in the movie. It's like, he's crazy. I won't let you exploit my friend. I won't let you do it. And I won't let you damage right. other people. Because he is crazy. But it's like, yeah, but we're, this, this is... He's Amer- a goddamn hit! This, this is America. This is We're having fun. This is TV. I think that was a line, too, where it's like, this is TV. You're on television, like, dummy. Like, this is like this is what you have to do. I'm not sure if that was or not. I think how'd, you like the, how'd you like uh, Arthur Jensen's... Uh Big speech. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mister Meal. To be honest, I don't. Oh, that was annoying. That was awesome. What the fuck are you talking? That's one well, of the best speeches in I history. I thought it was annoying because at the end of it, he, he kind of looked like, okay, look with that, that. How did that sound? Like, yeah, yeah. He goes, "Am I getting through to you, Mister Beale? Because he was only putting that all on yeah, because, because he thought that's how Beale yeah. communicated. I don't know. That annoyed me because I, I don't like the guy. It's I, a great I fucking scene. You don't like the you don't. I don't like the guy. Ned Beatty is one of the best fucking actors who's ever no, lived. No, 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 no. I'm saying I don't like the character. Okay, okay? not the actor. Not like I don't like the character. Um, I will. Please, wh- wh- how much do you? Two paragraphs. Okay, go go go. Um, I said to sum up the mechanisms, Patty Chavsky laid out the writer. Uh, in network uh, that resulted in the killing of Howard Beale were the same mechanisms that led to the inauguration of Donald Trump. Uh, by means of TV, Howard Beale became a prophet and a martyr, and by means of TV, Donald Trump became president. And since then, America, through media influence, has literally become a... like. It's People have always been said, oh, things are crazy. Things are becoming a parody of themselves. If you look at like actual, like culture now, mm-hmm. a lot of it is parody. Like you have... Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's totally different. As I feel... And like, and maybe, but maybe it's just like it's that thing that people always feel that way. But well, so it's, say, it's a it's a ampli- ampli- We've seen an amplification of like culture. Well, that's in the last ten years. It's insane. It's I was going to say, I feel if if it feels inappropriate or irresponsible for me to say that, like to say like, yeah, the things are crazy right now because I'm young. Like I haven't experienced, right. I haven't experienced any other epoch than the one right. I'm living in right now. Like we basically got here too. Like that's like young people, like being like so strong about their opinions on the world. It's yeah. like, I showed up in two years and I, I knew everything. Just <laughs> look how easy it was for me. I figured it all out. So like, I don't feel, I feel like I'd look back at myself in like 30 years and be like, man, was I so nearsighted. Um, yeah. So I'm sure I, I'll look back at this fucking. I still look back at this essay. No, like, you had you had really you had really good uh, observations in that though. But like objective, uh, object no objective ones. But what I feel irresponsible because I talk like I'll talk to my father and my mother and I'll, and and I'm around like real adults all day with my job and everything. And they'll all agree with everything we're saying. So maybe like we're not being stupid, but then maybe it's what you're saying. Maybe just. When people feel pain, they really feel pain. So it's the the worst day of your life is the worst day of your life, you know. So it's like, 
I don't know. Maybe it it, it isn't right. really that bad, or maybe we're just fucking idiots. I mean, but yeah, know? but you look at like dystopian depictions of oh yeah, like that, like like what what was it, dude? It was like the ma- It was like a reveal on the mask, the masked masked singer, okay, and which, which the one? way it was shot and like the and it was during COVID, so all the audience is like on on these screens, yeah, and it's like what the f- like what in the hell is going on? Well, that's why I thought this and mo- Biden's out there just being like, listen, man, it's great. You know all that stuff that's been happening with the the yeah. inflation. It's all it's actually good. It's really, <laughs> so there's definitely like fucking during the election, the last election, Donald Trump and Mike uh, Bloomberg were sending each other gifs from Star Wars with their heads on it. Going like it was Mike Bloomberg with a lightsaber going. I'm going to take you down, Trump. And Trump replies back from the scene from uh, Spaceballs where he's holding Darth Helmet by the oh, head. Yeah. And he's doing this, and he photoshopped him to be Donald Trump and the, the I small didn't know guy. That to be, was real. And he goes, he goes, hey, Mini Mike, you're easy. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's weird. It's weird. It's weird, <sighs> man. It's weird. And, and so, but anyway, yeah. No, I like. But that's why I thought the movie was going to be, though. That's what I thought it was right. going to be. I thought it was going to be this. Because if you watch just that speech, the first speech Beale gives, it, and you see, like, oh, so he's, like, in a news station. He's soaking wet. He's stressed out. Like, is he allowed? Did he break in? He's allowed to be here? Right. And then you go. it cuts to, like, the apartment buildings, and everyone's just sitting, and, and it looks, like, sad or something. It's like, are they, like, jailed inside their own house, and they can't leave? It looks like V for Vendetta. Right. That's what I when you mentioned that before. I'm like, yeah, I guess that would make sense if you saw like all the people in the yeah, street. yeah. That's that. So that that that's all. That's what it looked like. So that's what I expected, right. and I didn't get that. But you should probably watch it again someday. someday. Yeah, I might. Well, it's, it's like it's, it's two hours long. It's not a short movie. What do you mean? It's like an average length movie. Not for the 1970s, but I don't know. Amanda and I watched it. Oh yeah, what did you think, Amanda? <laughs> she goes it was alright well I, I it's like cause that, towards the end I was falling asleep man cause like how long is this movie cause it, it it got the point across and then I was like okay I get it um yeah, yeah. like the last half time. so I don't know I think talking about it is more fun than watching it yeah maybe yeah I'll just here let me just finish up the, uh, this last thing so uh it's funny cause the last thing that UBS wanted was for Howard Abiel uh, at, in, in the end, the last thing they wanted was for Howard Beale to preach Mr. Jensen's uh, corporate cosmology about like how there's no individual anymore and they're all yeah. replaceable as pissing rods. And the audience didn't hate the, the audience hated that, and they started to lose their share and their ratings. Um, and then the last thing the news media wanted in real life was for a Biden to win, because what happened after Biden won, all the cable news ratings and viewerships yeah. just, just down. But why? Why do you think that would be the case? When a lot of the uh, corporate media actually showed Biden in a positive light, I was like, "That it's weird." No, the last thing media wanted was Biden to win. What am I? What do you mean? Because, because, because when Biden and Trump were both running, uh, most media outlets were saying, "Go Biden and screw Trump." Yeah, but you're saying they didn't want Biden to win. Yeah. Yeah, that lost. You lost. They actually wanted Biden to win for their profits, but they're not going to go out and say, "Hey, Biden sucks" or whatever. You know. Gotcha. How would it help their profits? Because because if Trump was still president, they'd still be able to cover him more often. 
and people would still be watching the news. When Biden when Biden was elected, yeah, okay. the, the the ratings just dropped off completely. Yes, yeah. it, was, it was it was catastrophic. Yeah. So like if, like if you look at uh what was what was it C- CCA, Howard Beale is on a CCA owned uh, uh a television show, and he's talking about hey the CCA Howard Ruddy just died and the CCA is gonna all these conglomerates are buying up the country and the CEA the CCA is gonna do this and you know they're gonna do blah 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 and that was that was that this is before um he told everybody to go to the White House but he's openly talking about Howard uh, the guy the Ruddy died guy uh, the Ruddy guy died today and it's gonna be very bad for you because CCA Frank Hackett has full control of what you're watching so turn this TV off turn the TV off as, as I'm speaking it to you. Obviously, the company doesn't want people to turn off their TVs, but they're letting Howard Beale say that because it's profitable to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because where I got lost, it's at, a contradictory yeah. of belief. I mean, there's no there's no solid beliefs when the 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 in the company when the company's sole purpose is to make money. No, yeah, no, I know, no, I got lost because I thought you said that uh, corporate media w- uh, wanted Biden to lose. Because they wanted Trump to keep going to make money. Yeah. But then my contradiction was like, that makes sense. But why did most corporate media root for Biden? More Morally, they want Biden to win. Okay. But financially, they want him to lose. Gotcha. And they, because then, so they look like they stuck with their morals more than their financials then. And and so in that case. Yeah, but their cover, their negative coverage of Trump. Yeah. Is what got him elected in the first place. Okay. So. It's a lot going on in this conversation now. It's I'm getting yeah, it's getting pretty squirrely. Yeah, it's getting squirrely. All right, let me um, just finish the last thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I said, uh, well, hold on. So, th- okay, so this is like a thing that network got right, like the Donald Trump thing. But there's, yeah. I think there's a there's a few more examples. Like for example, Diana Christensen seeking out extremist groups and supporting them on on TV is a much more extreme but fun- fundamentally similar way mainstream media treats extreme extremist groups in America today. They'll just like, hey, there's you know, there's 11 assholes in this corner of the country that are doing this, and we got it. They're they're coming for you. They're coming. They're going to, you know, put your kids on these razor blade slides and throw them into a fire or something like that. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they're talking about. But, um, but the problem with that is that there's not a single institution that benefits uh, more from increased extremism and racism and sexism and violence more than the media. Yeah. Um, and they're the institution that's responsible for your perception of the world. Yes. So. Um, so like, so if you like, let's take an example, Diana Christensen goes to, uh, Laureen Hobbs and gets the ecumenical, the ecumenical, whatever it's called, Liberation Army, a TV show so that they they can basically exploit this, um, this, uh, these acts of extremism, uh, for profit. And let's say, I don't want to bring up the January 6th thing, but like. The, the, okay, so in in network, this is a more a way more concrete and um, ob- obligatory endorsement of promoting extremism. They're actually hiring them as employees so that they can get better ratings. But how we do it in real life is there's no you know there's no uh, what do you call it? There's no uh, like contracts or anything. But the the media will focus on these extremist groups at the, on the ends because it gets the best coverage. Like the intensity of the coverage is uh 
Fuck. No, I understand what you're saying. I, I get what I, you're saying. If you realize, I don't think in words. I think in pictures. So it's really hard for me to fucking talk about like these crazy, these not crazy concepts, but si- con- concepts side note, that are what? Side note, there's several different types of way for people to think about concepts. Uh, some is words, some is pictures, some is both. Some people can see three-dimensional objects and move them around in their head. Some people can't. Some people can't even see images. They can't. If I turned around, I wouldn't be able to picture what your face looks like until I see right. you again. Crazy, right? Isn't that mm. cool? Anyway. Anyway. Did I get my point across? I think how, you did. How far in are we? We've got like five minutes left. Right, so cool. let's, let's, let's do. How did I do? I mean, it was a little squirrely sometimes. It's a little squirrely. If, if you made it to the end of this, this is uh, episode one of... Uh, I don't know how you uh, made it to the end of it. If you made it to the end of this, you are uh, deaf <laughs> or you felt you're sleeping right now. <laughs> you're, you are... Um, no, if you, if you made it to the end of this, like, uh, cheers Wait, to Bishoy's you. Bishoy's probably here. Bishoy will maybe listen yeah, to Bishoy it. Yeah, Bishoy maybe listen hey, to Bishoy. it. Hey, Bishoy. Hey, Bishoy. <laughs> hey, Bishoy. Um... No, but this tell, is ep- tell everybody it gets good in the end. Yeah, this is episode one, so we're we're seeing yeah, how it's true. going. Because because listen, listen, guys. Well, you know, we're 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 you're still new at this. We're, we're figuring it out, but uh, you guys make it all worth it. Ooh, so can I can I? Uh, I wrote a few bullet points. Can I go through? Yeah, do one do one more thing because I want you to do right, the what? the. I want you to do the speech. I want you. To what do are it. you talking about? I, I do you like think that. I have that speech memorized? You no, I'll get it on my phone for you. I'm not gonna do the speech. No, you're gonna. Do all it. right, I'll do it at the end. Yes, obviously, dumb shit. All right. So um, I wrote here, uh, the, Diane, Diana Christensen uses uh, like counterculture and anti-establishment establish uh, establishment movements in the programming to capitalize on the narr- narrative for profit. And like, what are all these Twitter companies and, and, uh, and you know, TV shows in Hollywood? What are, what are they all, you know, profiting off of right now? What are you doing? I'm getting a speech. I'm all right, do, do that later. Let's, oh, I thought you were talking no, to... I'm the... fucking talking to you. Oh, you're sorry. just on your phone like a fucking liberal. <laughs> what? I don't know. But, um, but uh, so let me explain what I just said again. Diana was uses uh, counterculture and anti-establishment movements in, in the programming to capitalize on the narrative for profit. Uh, you know, p- uh, companies do this now with, like, I got a new... I got a thing from... Uh, actually, I'm not going to say that that one. But, um, like, in, in movies now, it's like you, you could tell that there's this ideology in Hollywood that is not being used by these big, like big giant companies. These big, these big giant companies are adopting these ideologies because it's financially yeah. profitable. Yeah. It's like fucking, you know, like Amazon is talking to like, all, like Amazon's making a TV show oh, with the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. Or, or even like, Oh, here's like Ricky Gervais at the golden globes is like, yeah. Apple made a TV show about like standing up for what's right. It's called the morning show. And it's like, you know, uh, it's about like you know honor and TV and stuff like yeah. that. Meanwhile, they own sweatshops in China. Like this yeah. isn't this isn't an actual belief in their. System. It's not. It's bullshit. It's, it's not a moral belief. It's financial belief. Yeah. So, um, and, and they you know they talk about everything being run by conglomerates and stuff like that, which is also true now. Like basically everybody's like, it's like five companies own everything, and and at one point they like there's a way like that. Like they, like especially like movies or something, they get kind of bastard like bastardized or whatever. Bastardized, yeah. By like, oh, you had a good thing going, and then you got bought up by a company, and now now they're running it. Yeah, you know, like like the, a good example. I saw a story. This there was a TV show called Woke, and uh, it's about like the Black Lives Matter stuff. And but one of the things about the show that they were doing because it's written by like black writers is one of the, they were actually going to like in criticizing a lot of the stuff in the like the PC movement and stuff like it's a very liberal show but they were taking steps to be more nuanced and criticizing some of the aspects of it and the writers got fired mid-season 
uh, and replaced with white writers because they it wasn't PC enough and they they didn't want any criticisms of political correctness. So wow. that's not an actual. So it's just that's just the company stepping in and being like, no, we need, you know, just churn out this like this. You know, it's basically today's version of counterculture and anti-establishment. What so, a, what a commentary on like how like because usually when I see anything that's like woke, it's like it's white people that feel guilty about things that they may or may not have to actually have to feel guilty for. Whereas like a lot of black people, including my friends, are like, relax, it's not that big of a deal. It's like a lot of a lot of white people want to push that. Interesting. Right. And, like, there's there's one part, especially recently it stuck out to me. There's the scene where she's talking about the front page of the paper. She goes, there's a, you know, there's a civil war in here. Um, you know, the Arabs just raised the price of oil by 20%, and th- all these people, there's a genocide going on here. But all I can see in the front on the front page of the paper is Howard Beale. Yeah, the news. The news is a story that's taking place in the. It's it's like this yes. weird cultural thing. And what was what's been going on for the last week? You got all these fucking sh- all this shit going on. These you know these Uyghur Muslims getting fucking oh slaughtered gosh. in China. All these problems in the world, like oh inflation, blah blah blah, this that, all these all the co- like co- and what whatever was everybody talking about? Oh oh should should Joe Rogan be censored off Spotify? Yeah, it's the same thing. I'm not comparing Joe Rogan to Howard Beale here, but I'm I'm comparing him in the sense that yeah, there there are these cultural uh, 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 presences that are being talked about for no reason, basically. And that's why it's it's hard to be a, a responsible citizen. Because you need to, if you need to listen to like three different, so on each side, so six total independent news sources and mainstream media, so it's or corporate media. So like, it's so hard to be a responsible citizen, and like, it's like, who do you blame? It's right. like every everyone's. It's it's the hunt for money. It's a hunt for money. Where's right. the money? Where's the money? Because even because even like if you if you have like a small like let's say, let's say hypothetically there's there's like a small like a news outlet or YouTube thing. Yeah. And they start to gain traction because like, oh, they're anti-establishment, like you know, and so it's like the classic, it's like a classic story. Like, I can name two on on both sides, right? Like what? Uh, so so on the liberal really side, quick, really quick. On the liberal side, it's um, the Majority Report, and on the uh, uh yeah, and on the conservative side, it's like Tim Pool. I, I, I no 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 I I get it I, I, I listen to both of them, and I I think right. I think they both have great opinions on a lot of things, and okay. I love them. But hold on, hold on. But well, I was yeah, but I you I was making a point. I know, I know, right, but right, you asked. Right, so, go. but then when it's like the whole Joe Rogan thing, they're both talking about Joe Rogan, and right. it's not the most important thing. Right. Okay. So, like, so those outlets they started by getting, by being honest and stuff like that, and like, oh, we're anti-establishment, we're blah blah blah, like a lot like uh, like Howard Beale was at first, and then what happens is once they start to make money. Then they start. Oh, this is making us money. Being anti-establishment. Then they just start being anti-establishment for the sake of the profit and not for the sake of actually being anti-establishment. And they get perverted that when they get. And no matter what happens, they're always yeah. say, "Oh, it's anti-establishment." You know. Um, uh, let me see. Oh yeah, big companies who control the information distribution are allowed to say what the truth is. A lot like Twitter and Instagram putting fact checks on stuff like that. These private these private companies who or whatever uh, that have no. Yeah. Can you know have no oversight by the government at all? Can just say what the truth is, which is crazy. That's basically in this movie. I mean, they the the the, te- the truth is what you see on this tube. That's the news. Like, which, which by the way, Facebook's making the thirteen under Instagram. Really? Yeah, dude. Did you see, like Google's fucking Google? Google is taking. It said they were gonna they were gonna ban content that didn't agree 
with or that wasn't in line with uh, uh, the the scientific consensus on climate change. There is no technically. There's no consensus. And even if, but let's say, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know specifics, but like, even if there is a consensus on something, that doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're right to block. Yeah, no, there's I a lot of things that the consensus wasn't right about for a long time, or yeah. is not right about for a long yeah. time. Like that's not true science. True right. science is 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 listening to everything to find the true answers, and the right. true answers are something you'll never it's actually crazy. find. The answers change all the time. Is it, that yeah? That's that's stupid. You know, I also noticed this this time around though. You know the scene where he's talking about like there's some real life going on here. Yeah, you can't yes. see that because you're raising. The, if you look at the lighting in that scene, he is lit with a very like a heavily diffused light, so there's no shadows on his face. Like it's very natural looking on his face. Yeah. And when they cut to her close up, there's no diffusion. You can actually see the shadow of the light on her cheek, and her face is just all the same color. And even the background and the way her hair's lit, it looks plasticky and artificial. And I that I never noticed that. Before. This <clears throat> movie, I'm gonna keep saying it, is way bit more fun to talk about than to watch. Oh yeah. I think, and if anyone's still you know still listening, um. This this I feel like listening like talking to you about the movie is um was way more beneficial to me and in educational right. than just watching. The Can movie. I say one more point? One more point. Go. Uh, the scene where he when he says like and tune in later for next week's show because that that was like kind of the subplot that was uh Max Schumacher's subplot subplot where he was turning into like one of her scripts. Yeah. Whatever. If you look at the movie in the beginning, it's mostly filmed in uh. Like real in real locations, like you could see the city outside the windows. Like they were filming yeah. in actual offices, like seventy, you know, uh, stories up. But at, in that scene, there's a big window behind her, and it's clearly like a set. Like it's not, it's not a real location. It was on a I set. Didn't notice. So, and that's and that that was the scene where he was talking about. I'm I'm getting out of this because I'm turning into one of your scripts. Her that apartment was taking place in a movie that was separate, like in this weird little its own separate movie. Yeah, you know, like a parody. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool too. So, I'm ugh, fuck. I'm so pissed. Like I, we have to do a first po- like podcast, but like there is points where we just like totally botched it in this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which makes me feel like, oh shit, we kind of wasted network. But what are you gonna do? We'll be better with. I'm I thinking. I'm thinking my next one. I want to do or the next one. I want to do Mash. I don't know that one. Well, like, you, you know, know, you know, Mash the TV show. Yeah. This oh, is the movie uh, it was based off. Oh, uh, never seen the movie. I know. I know the, the movie's TV show. better. Okay, I have to look into it. Obviously, anyway. Do we do we have to do anything else for this? Yeah, you have to do the speech. John, for the record, Johnny's not doing the one I wanted him to do. But he's this doing is the it. better one. It's my. This is my podcast. <laughs> okay. Even though you do all the work still. All right, ready. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mister Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you have merely stopped the business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity, it's ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems, one vast and a main interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rins, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. 
and you have meddled with the primal forces of nature, and you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beal? There's more. You get up <laughs> on your little 21-inch screen and how about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM, ITT, and A&T, DuPont, Dow, Union Carbine, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They, they get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, mini-max solutions, and compute the price-cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no, we no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a <laughs> college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. Oh, my gosh. It has been that way since man first crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there is no war or famine or oppression or brutality. One vast ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock, all, necess all necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused. I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. But why, say, but why me? But why me? Because you're on television, dummy. Good job. Good job. Wow. Fucking, I only started three times, motherfucker. That's that was good. That's the best I've ever that, read that anything, That was really by the good. Way. That is not representative of how I, I would have chosen. I would. <laughs> when? Rubles and shekels. You, you would have. I would have rather the other speech, but that's okay. That's a good... I, I, I like that one better. I don't know the other one. It's so good. Okay, guys, that's it for the first one. Johnny, yeah. give us the outro. What's the outro? I don't know. Let's fucking do something. Here, and that's... Uh, and that's the way the news goes. Okay, bye. Wait. <laughs> go in the... If, if, if there's anybody here... Go in the comments and rate this out of 10. I'm genuinely no, surprised I don't, to see what I people... I don't want to know how much this sucks. Yeah, no, I want to know. That's funny. Okay, bye, guys. Also, if, you, if you're wondering I, why I was like so rambly today, it's because I got smacked in the head last night. <laughs> <laughs>